You're listening to Queer Travel Chat by Too Bad Tourists. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Queer Travel Chat. My name is Austin, and I am one of your co-hosts. And for the first time, not sitting next to me uh, is David on the other uh, on the other side of the world. Yeah, so I'm here with you, but I'm not there with you. Exactly. So <laughs> what's actually quite cool about Colin is we can record this podcast in different parts of the world. So I am actually in Phoenix, Arizona. It's 7 a.m. my time, so I just finished a cup of coffee. Um, if I'm not exactly perky, I, I apologize for that. So, um, but we have a, it's our first time recording our podcast uh, separately, but um, right, it's kind of something we're, we're going to try out. So, um, David, what are we talking about today? Today, we're going to be uh, interviewing each other because we have been spending the past few months interviewing some great guests, but now we kind of want to take the time to turn the interview around on, on ourselves. And we'll talk about how we got started in travel. We'll answer some um, of the travel questions we've been asking our own guests. And we'll just kind of share some memories and some advice and then kind of talk about the future. Yeah, exactly. And and so everyone knows, yeah, we are doing this at a different day and time. We normally do them on, what, Tuesdays, afternoon Madrid time. Um, but yeah, because of my travel schedule, I'm here for an event. Uh, we moved it to, to Monday. So a um, little bit of a different flow and episode uh, this week, but um sometimes changes is, is good i guess yeah well remind me again what do you, what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> so i'm in phoenix for an event called the simple view summit simple view is a company that builds websites for tourism offices um mostly in the u.s but they have i think they they have some clients in like latin america and europe um so they're not like a tourism business themselves but all of their clients are and they have like 800 tourism offices that are their clients. So um, it's their conference and all the people that are attending the event are people who who work for tourism offices, um, often in marketing or like on the tech side. Um, so it's just sort of a an event to share best practices in the industry, but then also um, talk about their, their products and services. Got it. You had like paid me to remember why you were in Phoenix. I don't think I could have remembered. Yeah, I I came over on Wednesday, spent some time with family because we're we're both from Phoenix. um, And now I'm actually staying uh, downtown in the hotel uh, for the conference. Okay, well, I'm sure it's nice to be back. Yeah. Okay, well, um, before we kind of do our little spiel at the beginning, Austin, do you remember our first trip together since we're talking about kind of how we got into travel and stuff? Um, You know, we didn't start traveling together. We traveled solo first, but do you remember the first trip that we ever took together? I want to say it was to Mexico, to Rocky Point. Is that what you remember? Oh, I was going to say that it was like Lake Tahoe or something. Oh, yeah. I'm not really sure which one is first, but I feel like maybe Mexico was... Okay, when we went with some of my friends from from high school. Yeah, yeah, and so there's a there's a town called uh, Rocky Point, which is like a four hour drive from Phoenix. So it's actually the closest like beach to to Phoenix. Um, I feel like that was our first one. Okay, but, much into when we that, uh, just but we did go to Lake Tahoe on some sort of. We went to a gay ski week in Lake Tahoe, which yes. was yeah one of our first. We also Maybe that was to, the winter we, after. Yeah, and then I actually feel like our first kind of big trip was probably to Vancouver in Canada. That's the like first, I don't count Mexico as like an international because we could drive there, even though it is. 
Um, but yeah. Canada was like, that was our first like, oh, I'm flying to a new country. Um, okay, well, we have a question of when was it? Um, what, what year would this have been? This would have been in 2005, 2006? Whenever we met. When did we meet? 2006? We met in uh, 2005, I think. Five. So probably yeah, so 2006. I think it was like year yeah, after. spring of 2006. Yeah, exactly. A million so, years I think ago, that basically. All right, well, um, Austin, where's our next trip in June? Let's go to the sponsors. Sure. So if you listened to our episode last week, you know that we spoke with Tom Christ uh, from One Magical Weekend. He's one of the producers. So One Magical Weekend um, is always the first weekend in June, and it is a dance and music festival in Orlando from the 2nd to the 6th um, with, with lots of cool nighttime parties, daytime parties, pool parties. There's the water park party, which is pretty awesome um, at Riptide. Um, there in Orlando. Um, and that's just an awesome event. So we will be attending. We're ambassadors. So um, come June, you can follow all our social medias and, and see all the action or you can join us. So um, just visit onemagicalweekend.com to, to learn more about it. And if you like the show, uh, please subscribe to it on Colin. Give the episode a like with the heart icon once it's published tomorrow. You can follow us on social media. We are always at Two Ventures. And feel free to leave a comment about what you want to hear more of. Okay, so let's get into it, Austin. Let's start off by um, how did we get into travel? So in our first episode, we talked about how we got into, like, how we started our blog and how you and I, um, you know, started working in travel together. But with this question, I, I mean, you know, how did we get into it individually and personally? So Yeah, because uh, we, we both started traveling, like, internationally well before we met each other. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so what got you into travel? Like, what was your first trip? What got you interested in traveling? So I'm, I'm quite sure that for me, um, my travel bug really started from when I was a kid. So when I was 11 years old, uh, I took a trip to France because my grandmother was originally from France. She was born there um, in the Northeast. And I think up until she was maybe six, 17, she lived in France. She met my, my grandfather. He was stationed in the military. So um, she moved to the U.S. At, at 17. So we still have family there. Um, and when my grandma was alive, you know, she would go back and visit often. And so she took me um, when I was a kid. So, yeah, I feel like you're at 11 years old, like, you know, to go visit a foreign country um, is quite a memorable and impressionable experience. Um, and I was there for a month, right? So it wasn't like just like a quick visit, um, you know, I was sort of immersed in the language and the culture and to the point that I don't actually like speak French, um, but staying there so long as a kid, like I understand a lot of French um, just from being there that month. So it's kind of interesting. So yeah, I think that that definitely had to be uh, my first uh, experience, but then it just sort of opened my eyes to you know, something that when you're living in the U.S., like not a lot of kids get to experience that kind of thing. Right. Um, so I think I'm sure that's that's kind of how it kicked off for me. Um, what about you? And well, I was going to say that's also why your French accent is, you know, uh, so much better than mine. Yeah. Yeah. So even when I, you know, like I can say some simple things, but I, I don't sound like a, a terrible American, like pronouncing French, I can actually do it because yeah, of I, I, that as a kid. I, I butcher the language. But yeah, it's important to yeah. be exposed to it. Um, I mean, I've got a similar um, story about, you know, your grandma's from France and mine is from Germany. But unfortunately, you know, we never went to Germany. I've never been to Germany with her. I know some of my other family has, but um, I never got to do that. But um, but I do know that my dad um, you know, was born there and he went to high school there and ended up traveling around Europe a lot and in India a lot. And so he always told me those stories. And my older sister 
um, what started traveling as well. And she got into mission work through the church and went to Nepal for, I don't remember how long, a year or so. And so all that, you know, really got me interested in it. And like my sister, I got really involved through my church, although I am not involved or religious at all now, as you know, but that's <laughs> definitely how I got started. It was a school trip to Europe, probably around ninth grade. And then in that same summer, um, I think I went to Belize uh, with my church as well as like a, a mission trip. And my mom and I also went to Mexico um, throughout high school every summer with our church, um, just volunteering and working on, on mission trips. So that was my kind of introduction to travel, which was a little unusual because I would never <laughs> do that now. Yeah, they're definitely different types of trips that you take these days. Yes, um, yes, that is how I got into it. I was super religious and young, but I used that to to travel, and uh, that was one good thing that came out of it. Yeah, it's interesting because a lot of a lot of your early trips and my first big one um, weren't like typical touristic trips, right? Like we went with more of a purpose. I mean, yours was you know building churches or whatever the fuck you did um, houses <laughs> and houses. <laughs> And mine was, um, yeah, mine was just there being with family. I mean, we obviously did some touristic things, uh, you know, when we went to visit. But, you know, a lot of it was just like sitting in my like cousin's living room and like, you know, having dinners and stuff like that at their at their home. Okay, so we've already established then your first like international trip was France. Yeah, when I was 11, I was 11 years old. I think I had, I think it was like, I want to say I was either 11 and turned, no, I was, I was 10 and then like halfway into the trip, I turned 11. So yeah, I was, I was pretty young. Um, and I think we spent actually when we, I, so I flew there alone with my grandma. So yeah, I was, I was 10 literally when we got there and my grandma actually got sick on the airplane. Uh, my grandma had some health problems, um, over the years. And so she had like, um, some kind of a blockage. And when we arrived in Paris, like she, she actually had to go to the hospital and stay in the hospital for three days. Um, and I had to stay with her, the friend that we were staying with in Paris. I had to like stay with this like old French woman who didn't speak English and I didn't speak French. And my, oh my you know, I'm, God. my grandma was like trapped in the hospital. So those, that was like a very rude awakening for me. Um, it was a very strange experience. Yeah. What a nightmare. I feel like, I feel like it was like a development, so, you know, it developed me to, to do like uh, things that, you know, uncomfortable things. Somehow. You have definitely developed life skills from that, like the independence and everything. That yeah. And helps so you like, you know, to be in a foreign country with a person that I don't know who doesn't speak my language, like showing me around for three days, you know, I remember she, I think she, she took me around Paris and we would like go to the market and like buy groceries and we would like go visit my grandma, like in the afternoon. It was just, it was weird. Um, I mean, yeah, that is not like a touristic trip at all, right? That's just like living life, um, but in sort of a, a a way that was probably a little bit hard as a kid for those few days. Okay, so you've shared. I mean, that's one kind of travel memory. Do you have like another kind of more, uh, another fun travel memory that you can think of that you can share? Maybe either a solo travel or us together? Yeah, so definitely like my, my biggest memory travel wise is the trip that you and I did together our one year around the world trip which is you know when we started our blog and everything I mean god there there are literally so many memories but I mean that experience changed my life right like that yeah I'm living I'm living in I'm living in Madrid in the capital of Spain you know 10 years after that trip like because of that one year experience traveling around the world having the U.S. having sold all of our belongings like I wouldn't be living in 
I mean, you know, I might still be here in Phoenix, which is ironic because I am. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know that I would have done that. Um, but the memory, I always describe that trip as the best thing I would never do again. Because <laughs> That's the perfect way to describe that. It was such an incredible experience, um, you know, to see so many different places and cultures, but where it was really, um, I, you know, like just sort of rough, I guess, on, on us <laughs> physically and mentally is we, we just like saw too much, right? Like we crammed in too many places and visits into a short period of time to the point that every three or four or five days we were changing destinations and moving on to a new place, right? Like checking in and out of hotels and hostels, yeah, and, it's you know, staying with random people on couch surfing and to do that for like 12 months straight. I mean, it gets so, so exhausting. Um, and I mean, that's really the origin of our name too bad tourists, you know, as our blog kind of comes from, comes from that, right. We were moving around so much and seeing so many touristic places that, you know, we would sometimes get to a destination. I remember Berlin, we got to Berlin, we stayed there for a week and like barely left the hotel room because I was just so exhausted from, you know, like gallivanting around Europe for the past month that I just wanted to like relax and like, you know, take a nap but and sleep wait, in. <laughs> is that your memory from the trip just being exhausted for, for a year or are you setting the tone? No, I mean, it's like a collective, for me, it's a collective memory. Um, <laughs> just being tired and sick of it? No, no, the, the memory is how incredible it was, but the the sort of irony of it was um, that it was too much. Like, you know, if we were to replan that trip again, I think it would be, you know, cause I think the way we had it sorted was we were maybe flying to a new destination. We had like bought round the world plane tickets. Right. And so every, every two to four weeks we were kind of, I would say, let's just say every, every month we would get on a plane and like fly somewhere different. I think had I changed our way of traveling, I would have like, you know, gotten an Airbnb and like stayed there for a month. Right. And yeah. then not moved around so much, maybe taken some day trips, but like had a base um, for a while, but we never had a base. Well, I want to share like two, I have two specific memories and kind of like a, a high, high and a low, low from that trip. And you can kind of reminisce and fill in the gaps. So I don't remember, but let's, I'll start off with like a good one. Well, it's actually funny. I didn't realize it's, it's from, well, it's from Madrid and Portugal. You remember when we were, in Europe right before we went to Ghana. And okay, so I had yeah. met this um, Spanish guy in Madrid, right, uh, Miguel, and Miguel. we met on Grinder, And uh, we were in Madrid first. That was the first time in Madrid. And then later we went to Lisbon, right? Yeah. And the funny thing was that we had an international phone. And what did I do? Did I leave it somewhere? You left it at his house or something? No, you left it at his house in Madrid, and he brought it with him to, like, Lisbon to give it to you Ever or something. I don't know why. I feel like I left it in a shop or maybe you or left something. it. At, maybe you left it at a bar or a shop, and he, like, went Yeah, and they, like, it. called me to say they had it, and then, I don't know, somehow somehow we got connect. found out that Miguel was also going to be in Lisbon, right? Yeah, so weird. So anyway, so we we ended up meeting up with him in Lisbon and we actually got the phone back or, you know, our one. Kind of, and this is, you know, at the time when you this had to have ten, an international phone. Yeah, 10 years ago, just, like that, the, 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 describing that, like, what is that? Because all phones just. Yeah, exactly. Like, you take your iPhone and it works everywhere. Yeah, but no, it, 10 years I, ago. The iPhones did not work then. Yeah, we, we had to have like a specific SIM card that worked all around the world. And it was in this little, it was not a smartphone. I mean, I think I did. We both had iPhones at the time, but that little phone was like. Yeah, 
purposely meant for traveling around. So then we get the phone back. But then more than that was that we ended up spending, I don't know, a weekend with him and, and his friend as they were, you know, kind of spending the weekend in Lisbon. And what was fun about that is they had rented a car and they had driven us around and we went to this kind of private beach area. But, let's be remember. honest, what was what was fun about that is they had money. <laughs> like we were not <laughs> we traveling were backpackers. with money. We were backpackers. And I remember sitting in the back of a convertible, like exactly. driving over the like the the bridge in Lisbon, which is like very similar to like the San Francisco Golden Gate Bridge. And I just remember like the wind flying in my hair and I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like, like such great times. Like meanwhile, like, you know, two days before we were like living in some backpacker hostel and like, you know, eating you know, street food or whatever. <laughs> well, and it was just kind of funny because we had just met them and it was just, you know, a small gay world too that they had been in. They were, they were also planning the same trip to Lisbon and then, you know, we had hit it off so well and it was just, you know, totally spontaneous and a really fun yeah. weekend. Like that was a really big highlight to, to have, because they also knew Lisbon better than us and they were, you know, showing us around and it was just a really fun weekend, I remember. Yeah, I feel like I know we're, we're probably moving on from travel memories, but I feel like some of the best memories I have from that trip were actually those encounters with with locals, right? So with um, with people who kind of took us in and like showed us around. And even though they weren't from Lisbon, like they had been there and, yeah. you know, they showed us around. And, um, and some of the other memories I have were um, we would couch surf with people. So if you don't know what couch surfing is, this is literally where... You go onto a platform and you look for people who are willing to host you for free and, you know, you can sleep on their couch or maybe they have a spare room um, and you don't have to pay. That's just kind of the, the community is to, to offer the space. And those were like the most memorable times, right? Because we would like really get a local perspective um, staying in those people's homes and, you know, we'd go out to dinner. They cook for us in their house. It was it was really cool. The, yeah, those were definitely some of the best. I want to share the low, low memory. I don't know. Do you know what I'm thinking of when I think of the a time you memory? shit your pants in Mexico? No, but uh, was that on this trip? That was on this trip. That no, was I'm thinking the, about the, yeah. <laughs> the time we, we got sick in Guatemala. Uh, this, the other time you shit your pants? I don't or think I shit my pants at that time. I but I remember you. we we got to, um, I think, was it called Rio Dulce in Guatemala? Yeah. And we were going to volunteer there for, I don't know, a week at, um, I guess it was an orphanage, right? But we ended up working in, like, the library there. Do you remember that? Yes. So I remember that you got sick first, and you could not get out of bed, and it was, you know, balls hot. There was no air conditioning. We're kind of in, like, a shared um, kind of dorm area. And then I think we had to, like, upgrade to the private room, right? Yeah, I, I, was, I was on my deathbed. You were not having it. No, I was so uncomfortable because I was like sleeping on the top bunk. Meanwhile, you know, I'm like sick. Like, Going to the bathroom sick. every five seconds. Yeah, and having to, exactly. Like I probably went to the bathroom like 27 times, you know, in that day. <laughs> oh, and yeah, I was having to climb up and down on the top bunk. I'm like, we we need to. And like <sighs> the upgrade in that place was not, it still was not. No, like, no, no. It was, it was just it was private, which was. Still no air know, conditioning. Private, it was just a yeah. private room. A private room with still if I'm going to be shitting my pants, like, you know, 10 times a day, like I'm doing it in private, not. So, and then we had to take a boat to get to, to where the, I guess it was a school slash orphanage slash little library where we were volunteering. So you stayed in that day, but I got up and took the boat 
because I was feeling fine. And then I remember being there with all these little kids in the library. I guess it was library time. I don't know. It was just chaos because I wasn't controlling them at all. And I remember just kind of, you know, hit me like a ton of bricks. I just suddenly felt as sick as you were. And I was like, oh, my God. And I, and I couldn't move. You know, I had to immediately <laughs> use the bathroom. But there was the boat to go back to where we were staying was only coming at certain times. And so I had to go uh, to the dock and I, I couldn't help anymore. I couldn't volunteer. So I just went and laid down on the dock for I don't know how long until the next boat came to take <laughs> me back to go collapse. Oh my God. And then you, I remember you hadn't eaten like all day. And then we finally, I hadn't eaten in like two or three days. I don't think it was that bad. And the first thing you got was the, uh, what was it? A a brownie. It was an ice cream, like brownie ice cream sundae. It was the only thing on the menu that I could eat and not like want to vomit. It was so weird. Like everything else sounded disgusting. Uh, Traveling is, (laughs) is high highs and low lows. Yeah, it is. Okay, so now a days, coming back to the present, how many trips would you say that we take a year? Kind of just combining our blog trips and our personal trips. How often do you travel? Well, I definitely travel more than you do because um, for my job at IGLTA, I come back to to the U.S. or North America or even Mexico often. Um, I guess Mexico is part of North America, right? Um, but anyways, I... I, I travel to more events and conferences so like me personally i do four to five um long haul trips um like you know international trips Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. to various places um mostly yeah north america south america kind of the the americas yeah four to five long haul is a lot right and and then on top of that i mean you know i'm going to things in europe for our you know blog trips or whatever so i mean i'm probably traveling at least at least once a month um kind of mixed between work i mean quote unquote work because our blog is sort of work but it's you know it's different it's sort of our own business yeah um that's I, I, mean, I, I was gonna say yeah i probably only do one long haul because i only go to this i go to the states you know once a year to see my family but not blog related together i would say blog trips i don't know three to four a year i mean i guess we're taking four this year uh yeah i guess no, we're, we're doing... taking more probably more four to five. Oh, probably yeah so we're doing orlando orlando in june is oh, that our first just kidding six <laughs> our so we're doing orlando in june well and actually before that is may our barcelona trip um then greece our sailing trip Croatia sailing trip so those are four and then we're going to um porto for the LGBTQ oh, right. plus music festival yeah yeah so probably like five to six. well this year i guess this year's about five yeah, it always oh, turns out that summer tends to be a busy... Well, I probably do six or seven. I definitely travel less than you. That but makes on, sense. What, what is the worst part about travel for you? Flying economy. <laughs> You're so fucking bougie. I'm, I'm, I'm not even joking. Like, I know I, I, I fly long haul, like, so often, right? And so when you, when you have to sit in the back of the plane for, like, you know, 10 hours, like, it's just... Uh, it's just torture and if it's like a full plane like it's one thing if you have like kind of an empty plane and you get like a road to yourself or at least you know there's a seat next to you open you can kind of spread out like but man when you're on a packed plane and I, there was one time i actually flew to uh buenos aires argentina from barcelona and it was a 14 hour flight and i was in a middle seat all the way in the back of the plane like 
14 hours like that's just that's that's hard <laughs> like first world problems it is right rough. I, I go in prepared you know I, I know i got my series ready on my ipad and i have my weed gummies and i'm like prepared to to be able to to manage it so uh, it, it doesn't bother me as much what, um, what we have you? a question What's... here we have another question are you willing to take the same rhythm of traveling as when you first started Oh, is that a question from the audience? <laughs> yeah, from our chat. Oh, cool. Um, are we? No, definitely not. Oh, my God. I could not travel um, the way we used to um, before. And actually, what's funny, nowadays when I go on trips, like I don't actually like being away from home for more than like a week or 10 days anymore. Like I kind of, I enjoy like having my home base and my, you know, my comfort, my my everything, my routine. Um so like this trip, for example, in Phoenix is maybe it's like a eight day trip or like that's kind of I wouldn't really want to do much more than that because I like going back and, you know, being home and seeing my friends and having my, you know, living room and couch and my bed and my. I agree. <laughs> yeah. I agree for sure. Um, the worst part of traveling for me is also flying related, but it's not the flying economy. It's just I, I hate early flights because I, I get stressed about missing the flight. You know, so it's like if I have a 6 a.m. flight or a 7 a.m. flight and I have to wake up early the night before is stressful because you're fucked if you miss that flight. Or so, if you're, it's just <laughs> such a stressful way to, to travel. It's, it's funny because I, I had booked uh, our flights to Greece the other day on KLM. Um, and, and I had told you what those flights were and it was, they were kind of normal times. Well, KLM didn't like book them. Something happened. So I had to rebook and I almost left in disguise. I almost booked us a 6 a.m. flight to Croatia, and I was like, no, David's going to fucking hate this. So I spent yes. like a little bit more money to get a noon flight. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, not really... that I enjoy, not that I enjoy early flights either, but, you know, sometimes it's like money to have a, a noon flight, you know, not significant amount of money, but I would pay extra because it does just make my day much better. And and the night before, too, I'll, I'll not stress um, yeah. before I, I go to that. sleep before I well, go to sleep. So okay, so we've talked about like the worst parts about travel. Like let's try to be a little bit more positive. What what would you say are like um well I don't know, like talking about destinations, what are some of like your favorite places or particularly like gay friendly places? I mean I only have one place that comes to mind if I'm thinking of my favorite gay place in New York. I know what you're gonna is. say. I know what you're gonna say. Is it what C chess? Is, of course it's C chess. And we're going to be there in one month, and I'm, you know, it's still my absolute favorite gay-friendly destination. It's just so fun. I want to retire there. I want to be 65 right now and retire there. Yeah. Well, and, and if you're listening, you don't know what Sitges is. It's a small little beach town um, south of Barcelona, like 40 minutes by train. We go there every year. It's it's so cool. Um, it's great. Yeah, I, I actually would agree with you. Um, for me, I kind of, I also have a couple of places, like when I think about a country, um, Iceland always comes to mind as like a, a, one of my favorite um, LGBT friendly places because when we went, we went during Gay Pride in August and the Gay Pride in Reykjavik, which is the capital, like literally a third of the entire population of the country go to Gay Pride like on that mm -hmm. day, which mm -hmm. is like weird to think of. Right. It's a small country. Right. There's only about 300,000 people, um, but 100,000 people go to their event. Like what? what other pride in the world has a higher percentage attendance of, you know, of the population. Um, but anyways, it's just a super welcoming place. Uh, it's super weird. Like it feels like you're kind of on the moon somehow. Like 
Like if the moon like suddenly <laughs> yeah, got like a, a bunch of like if the moon suddenly like got wet and like grew moss on the ground, like yeah, the, the landscape is so weird. Um, just feels unlike any place I've been to. It is um, but great. Super friendly. I don't know if I'd put it at the top of my. I mean, it's a wonderful destination, of course. Uh, but I mean, like, do you want to go back? Do you plan to go back? I would go back. Um, it's hard to say, right? Because there's so many other places that I want to go, right? Like, Ex- I want to go exactly. to Egypt. I want to go to Jordan. I want to go to all these places. So it's like to repeat another destination before going to a new one is kind of hard to justify, unless it's one of these places that I love, like like Asichas, or for me. Puerto Vallarta in Mexico is very similar. I know you haven't been, but it's a similar thing where it's like kind of a small um, beachside resort city, but it's super gay friendly. I do repeat destinations like those because I just have such such a great time. Um, but but yeah, I, I, would I really want to go there. Yeah, I hope I'm I'm going to be there soon. Yeah, okay. we'll, we'll get you there one day. All right. Well, so with all of our you know, years of travel under our belt. Um, What has travel taught us? I know for me personally, um, and maybe I actually learned this as a kid, right? On my first trip to France, but, but I think it was reinforced when you and I started traveling on our around the world trip, which is, you know, the the world doesn't center around you. And this is specific to um, Americans, people from the U S I think, is we're, we're kind of brought up into this bubble. And because our country is so big, right, you, many people spend their entire life n- never leaving the country or or never even having foreign influences in their life, right? So we sort of think that the world <laughs> revolves around, like, the U.S. And, and, like, as soon as you leave, you're like, oh, they're like, there's it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's an entire world out here. Um, and it's just there's just life and and culture and prosperity and and even in some of the places that you would think are like you know like we spent a month in 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 Ghana in Africa and I just you know as before I traveled I just remember thinking like oh my god like you know poor Africa like they're all just so poor and like their lives are terrible and like when you go there like it's true that you know a lot of those places are maybe not developed and they might not have like the same healthcare and education and things like that but like when you meet some of the the locals living there, they're, they're just like so happy, right? Like they're just living their lives, and like and in some cases even like way more relaxed, and it, it, like they seem to be living life better than you know all of us in our developed world in some cases. Yeah, happiness can can you know you can find it across very different living standards. Of course, people need the, the minimum to live, but I mean it doesn't mean that. Um, you, you can't be happy if you live with less and there's, you know, there's no one correct way to live is another thing. Just, you know, we're kind of taught the like one correct way in the U.S. and you can live any way that you fucking want to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What about you? What what have you learned? Um, I mean, I, I focus a lot on, on, on languages and how important it is to learn a foreign language. I mean, of course, if you're not interested and it's not your thing, you don't have to. But but if you do, I mean, you really open yourself up to not only communicating to people from a different country, but really getting to dive into to their culture. And, and you can discover so much like the music. I always think about that with music and how much how many different songs I like, you know, in Spanish. And I'm just like, well, if you don't listen to Spanish music, you're just missing out on all this great, these great songs. And I'm not really, you know, a music person, but I really do appreciate all of that and, and movies and series, the food, books. You know, when you when you speak the language, you can really connect much more, e- even if you don't reach a, a high level or a fluent level. But if you just can stumble through it, it can really give you a different perspective and a different experience just by 
you know, giving, ma- making the attempt. Yeah, that's a really good point. And what about, um, I mean, did you, did you envision yourself being here like 10 years later? Like, here we are, like doing a gay trouble podcast, <laughs> um, like working in tourism, like, did you ever like think this would we would be doing this that you'd be working in this career? Absolutely no, no fucking way that I think I'd ever be working in in travel, and and I never really thought about. I guess I, I, I want to say I didn't. No, I never really wanted to. You know, it wasn't anything I ever strived to do. What I dreamed of, what I did want to do was I wanted to work abroad. That I did want to do, but I wanted to work in the medical field because I I enjoyed sciences and I enjoyed working in the laboratory. Um, So I did want to work abroad. That is true. But I guess I never really, I couldn't have imagined how I could work in in travel, you know? So having the podcast and the blog and, and everything that we're doing now is it just, I couldn't even have dreamed of it. So it's exciting, but no. You? Yeah, no, same. I mean, we kind of joke about this now, how I always knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur and like have my own business and and like do, right? Like not work in an office and, you know, not have like, you know, a traditional job. And, um, but I didn't know what I wanted to do, right? Like, you know, when I was like 20 or 25, like I didn't know what the fuck I was going to do. But like this outlet, right? Like our, through our blog and through this opportunity to travel, like it suddenly became clear, like, oh, this is an opportunity that, that I can actually take advantage of work in a field that I really enjoy and, and actually, you know, kind of build a a career out of it. So um, I guess, I guess we were, I find myself very lucky to have found this opportunity to turn what I knew to have a desire for, which was, you know, become an entrepreneur and business owner, but, but to connect it with something that I enjoy doing, which I never would have envisioned, you know, 10 years ago. Uh, So that's how I see it. Do you think that working in travel has in any way kind of spoiled travel for you? I do in a way. I distinctly remember when we first started traveling, the moment that plane would land on the tarmac, there would be like this rush of like, wow, it's a new destination. Like, oh my God, we're landing in, like when we, when we flew to Europe first, like we landed in Italy, right? And like getting off the plane, I was like, oh my God, it's like, it's almost like butterflies in your stomach, right? Like you feel this like thing. Yeah. I don't feel that anymore. Like I can fly to a new country and like, all right, well, yeah, I'm in Australia. Like, you know, I'm in New Zealand. I'm in, you know, wherever I'm in South Africa. Like I don't get that anymore. You're it's just kind of so sad. used to, to being in a completely different place. Yes. But... Yes. So that that's like, I know that's like a very small thing, but this is a, an emotion, a very strong emotion that I remember I used to get that I just don't get anymore. For me, it has more to do with just being able to enjoy it without worrying about getting the content. That's the big change for me. You know, like if we're somewhere, I'm like, well, I got to get this photo now because I'm here now, or I got to get this information now, you know? And instead of just being able to really just disconnect and enjoy it, you know, it feels like I, I, I got to get it for the social media yeah. and the blog and the, that's definitely one aspect. But at the same time, I know that I get to travel so much more than I ever have or would be able to. So I, you know, I'm grateful for that opportunity. For sure. Well, and, and so let's turn it to like the actual traveling and, and practicality, like what, I mean, when you are traveling and not snapping Instagram photos, like what are some resources or travel apps that, that you're using? Um, 
on the road. I think we, we, and we both talked about Grindr being a good one for gay travel, right? Because um, the best thing about, obviously people use it for, for sex and hookups, but when you're traveling, uh, when you get on Grindr, you got a bunch of locals right there ready to talk to you and give you advice. So if you're just like, put on your Grindr, where's a good place to go out tonight? They'll People will tell you where there's like yeah. a monthly party or a weekly party that you may not even know to look for or a good place to go for drinks, depending on the day it is. And, you know, so that kind of like immediate local help is great. And then you also kind of easily can find other tourists. I don't know. I've, I think we both use that for meeting other travelers yeah. and locals. And that's a really good resource. Apart from that, of course, VPN is great. I've used TripAdvisor a lot for the like things to do in a city. So I can just get the quick recommendations. Yeah, I, I actually do. started using TripAdvisor recently for just for one thing specifically, which is, okay, I'm in this destination. I happen to be in this location. Like, what is what are like the three best like rated restaurants that are you know not expensive? And like you can just kind of set up the filters and immediately find like really good restaurants. Yeah, because that's one of the thing I feel like you and I, we've always been really shitty at at planning ahead. Um, and specifically like, oh, it's time to go eat. Like, where do you want to go? Like, you know, I think a lot of people put some effort into it up front to be like, oh, these are good restaurants and we should go, you know, check these out. Like you and I have never done that. No. Um, and we would just wander around aimlessly until we found places and half the time they were gross. And then we were, and we were hangry and it always. Yeah. Um, but your mind is a good tool to, to sort of it is. solve it really that is. problem really quickly in the moment. Um, and I, I've started using that the past couple of years. What about saving money when traveling? Well, one of the things that, I mean, I did starting with our around the world trip. Um, I've always been like an, like an airline and miles geek, right? So like finding all the different ways you can earn miles and save them and, you know, use them to redeem for like flights and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm, um, I mean, just if anyone's not listened to our first episode, you're listening now, we we bought our around the world plane tickets, which, you know, took us to like 12 different countries, you know, flying around the globe. Normally that would have cost like $10,000 a person. Um, we bought them for $300 each. And that was because each one was like 200,000 airline miles plus whatever taxes. So, um, yeah, I mean, I what I saved like $20,000 in otherwise paid flights. Uh, so that's one thing I do. Um, and I miles do. are not free because I've seen the effort and, you know, work <laughs> that you put in. Yeah. And I, you know, watched you do that for years. And I've always come to the same conclusion, like, not worth it. <laughs> like, I, and I our good friend, Didi, who is, yeah, who's also been on our podcast, does the same thing. And, and you guys both, I think the fact that you are into it i think you both enjoy it and that it, it's of course worth it because you save tons of money but it is a lot of work and stress to 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 get all those miles right uh it is and i definitely i definitely do it way less than i used to um now i'm actually more focused on <laughs> using all my miles so i can actually get like upgrades to business class so i don't have to sit in the economy <laughs> anymore <laughs> as opposed to it's not about saving money anymore. it's like it's like saving my ass so I don't have to sit on that seat for like 10 hours. Yeah, I can't deal with that. I mean, I just, you know, set price alerts on Google and, you know, find, yeah. you know, when that finally, like, you know, is a, a low enough price, then I'll buy my flights then. And, and of course, things like Airbnb, Mr. B&B work. Couchsurfing was great when we first started traveling. I don't think I would do that now. I wouldn't um, either. I would but, pay. Yeah. yeah. 
I would pay to have my own private space. I would I would not save money to <laughs> and, to have some privacy. And traveling uh, during the off season, I, I really like that because you know I've been I've been teaching in in Madrid for the past nine years, and so I've always had. Um, like a teacher schedule, so I could only be off during spring break and summer, which of course is great. It's a lot of time off, but in the summer it's it's uh, the high season, and so now I'm actually that I'm you know working for myself and teaching plus doing the blog. I can you know take time off when I want and going to the states, for example. I'm going in October, and it's just a much better price than going in the summer. So traveling in the off season is very helpful. Yeah, that's a that's a good point and a good tip. Well, what would you say like? What's one of the best pieces of travel advice um, you would give just generally? For me, I mean, everyone's different, but I think it's worth, you know, going slow and seeing less and taking your time instead of filling up your agenda with a million things. If it, if you're doing it just out of obligation, because you feel like you need to, you know, I think you should travel however you want to travel. I guess, you know, fill up your itinerary if you want to, or go party if you want to. Um, but I think less is more. Yeah. Um, and you and I have learned uh, when you see something you want to get it immediately. Um, we've kind of, you know, when we're traveling, if you want to like buy something or for them, we're like, okay, maybe we'll see it at a cheaper price or a better one. And then you kind of just never see it again. Like, no, never. Like, like if you need cash, right. And there's an ATM front yeah. when you're at the airport and, and you're, you're like, like, no, I'll get you it have all the, your luggage. No. You're like, Oh no, I'll get, get it when it I get right to the right hotel. You'll never find an ATM when you want it. Like, just if it's fucking in front of you, do it. <laughs> exactly. We, that yeah, a lot. <laughs> what about you? What's some advice you would give? Uh, well, for for those of you who who don't know, we actually David and I like prepared these questions in advance, and so we were asking ourselves these same questions. I had the exact same answer. So um, take your time. That's exactly what I was going to say. Is don't cram too much into a short period of time. And this goes back to one of the first questions we asked each other. Um, was, you know, I think the, the, you asked me about the memory and one of my memories was like, oh my God, it was a great trip, but like, fuck, we just did way too much and we moved yeah, around too much and less, less is more. Um, so, so yeah, that is, I, I a hundred percent agree with you. Um, take your time. Don't cram too much into a short period of time. Well, let's talk about where we're going to be in the future, what our future in travel looks like. So we've kind of already uh, answered this, like if we can continue to sustain this amount of travel for the foreseeable future, because you mentioned, you know, you're about once a month, I maybe, I don't know, six or seven times a year. Do you think that you're going to slow down? Do you travel less? Do you think this will continue? Yeah, I mean, for the foreseeable future, I feel pretty good about it. I'll, I'll admit that sometimes during the summer, I do get a little bit overwhelmed by the just there being so many trips in a short period of time like right and this is a good this summer is a good example is you know we have like five events within four months like i i kind of wish we could spread those out a little bit more throughout the year but you know just because you know with weather like and, and yeah, a lot of our events in, happen, in Europe, happen yeah exactly so that just sort of happens but yeah I, I would say overall like um i i enjoy you know being on the road a fair amount, you know, it kind of gives, you get to see new places still and it just sort of changes up your, you know, day to day, um, you know, weeks and, and months and stuff like that. I mean, I definitely see it for the next few years, but you know, I'm baby crazy. So I hope that that's <laughs> the one I'm going to slow down as soon as. Yeah. So that'll I be your, your reason to slow down. Exactly. But until then, I mean, I'm fucking loving it. So 
yeah, I don't think I, I would need to do less. Um, talking more generally and broadly, how do you see the travel industry changing in the coming years? What, what changes do you see on the horizon? Yeah, I mean, I guess I feel like technology is really going to impact things, right? So, like, if you think about our trip 10 years ago, like, we were using the technology at the time, right? Like, things like surfing to meet locals and stay with them. We were using these apps to meet people. We had our, you know, quote-unquote, international phone. <laughs> um, I mean, 10 years from now, <laughs> like, so doing all those same activities, but 20 years after we did them, like, what platforms and systems are you going to be using? And with the new technology, what kind of new opportunities is that going to give people to, you know, connect? Um, I feel like that will definitely, um, there'll be some changes there, and it'll be interesting to see how those manifest. Yeah, well, I also think about the environmental impact of travel and of flying as well. And so, um, you know, as climate change worsens, you know, I do feel like that's going to impact how we travel, how far we travel, how often we travel, you know, um, yeah. maybe you know, more by train, less by plane, which means closer places and destinations and less far. I really do think that that's going to um, become more and more important over the years. Yeah. And what do you think about well, basically like what we do, right? We're bloggers and we have this website and, you know, we have a podcast. Like, is is that going to be like a relevant thing in 10 or 20 years? Like, are people going to have like online travel blogs? I definitely think that you know, blogs and podcasts will either be out or, you know, adapted. And, you know, it's not going to be the same as it is, obviously, because everything's always changing and we're always going to have new in- innovations, right? So yeah. I definitely think, those things will be kind of out or very different. But I do think whatever whatever the next thing is that um, I do think that we'll be able to be adaptable to that because we have been adaptable, you know, from the beginning of what we're doing. It was just a website, but, you know, we've got the social media channels and the podcasts and the hosted trips and, you know, travel still travel. So one way or another, we're going to be working in it. I agree. Well, and speaking of travel, where are we traveling to next? Wait, so it's April. Is our next trip, is it Barcelona? Yeah, I think um, just about five weeks away. Okay, so our first trip is going to be, our next trip is going to be Barcelona mid-May and see Jess. I'm so excited. Yeah, so if you're listening um, and you want to join us in Barcelona, May 12th through 18th, we still have some some spots open. So visit our website, twobadtourist.com to, to learn more. Well, I think we've covered everything we can on travel for today. We have. All right. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in and listening. And we hope that we've inspired you to travel or shared some useful information for your next trip. Yeah. And if you like the show, please remember to subscribe to it on Colin. Uh, it is also streamed uh, via RSS now by uh, to Spotify and Apple Podcasts, which is really cool. Um, so cool. you can actually follow us there as well. Um, so you can also give the episode, uh, the episode a like with the heart icon once it's published. And as always, you can follow us on all the social medias at Too Bad Tourist. Um, and lastly, feel free to leave a comment, um, later when the episode is published, uh, to let us know what you liked or, or if you want to hear more of, um, and I like that one of our listeners, um, sent in a, a question midway. Um, so that was cool. So feel free yeah, to do thank, that. Too. Thank God I was paying attention. <laughs> yeah. And next week, we'll be back on our normal day of Tuesday. We're going to be talking to Jeff Woodcock from Pride Sailing Holidays. 
Um, if you've been listening for a while or if you follow our social media or our blog at all, then you'll probably know that we do um, sailing trips uh, with Pride Sailing Holidays every year. We go to uh, Greece and Croatia. Jeff is the man behind these trips and Pride Sailing Holidays is the company that offers them. And we absolutely love them. So we're really excited to talk to him more about them. Absolutely. So until next week, uh, we'll see you guys uh, later. See you next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye.